Right now, a future president could be running as a local candidate on your ballot. This person is vying to represent you, your family, and your community. Do you know what they are and what they stand for? Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased, up-to-the-minute election information on the candidates running in local races. Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power, the power to decide who represents you in 2022 and beyond. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on election day. How are you today? Wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> How are you? Oh, not too bad. Just got done with the gym, and now I got to go into five five interviews today. Mm-hmm. So, lot, lots of candidates. Lots of candidates. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing council members also? I am doing everybody from the bottom to the top across the Fabulous. entire state. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on. You know, it means a lot to be able to have a candid conversation, especially this early mm-hmm. on in the election. I, I think that people don't think about the get to know you phase of candidacy too much anymore. They're just caught in the what can you do for me now? So mm-hmm. I, I really mm-hmm. want these first sessions to just be like, you know, a simple talk story where you come over to somebody's house or sit in their garage and, you know, just mm-hmm. shoot for a while. So, uh, let's get rolling with you then. Uh, already recording. Everything sounds good over here. So why don't we okay. start nice and simple and introduce yourself and what office you're running for? Well, this is Alana Kay, and I'm running for um, the office of mayor of Maui County. Right on. So a little bit of education that we're doing for our audience is helping define the roles of each office so then that way they know who they're the right person is to talk to about things because we feel there's a lot of confusion in civic engagement when people go mm-hmm. running all the way to the top and go can you fix this and they don't realize oh that's for the council member or, oh that's for the representative or oh that one is for the mayor you know so could you guys right. give us a little brief on on what your responsibilities would be 
Okay, that's interesting you asked that question. I think that's a great question. I've been studying government for, well, since the 90s. Um, I came to Maui in 1998. So I continued my um, civic involvement and I've done volunteer work and I'm always studying what's going on. I watch the council meetings. I study documents. Um, I have a magazine called Sustainable Aloha. I've done a lot of interviewing and research to develop the stories and things that are in the magazine. And um, I ran for office in 2012 and 2014. I do know a lot of the people in office through the years. And what I have discovered is what I believe the role of mayor on Maui is to be number one, an ambassador um, to bring people together and to bring education about our issues to the um, to the public and also to work to forge relationships between the different groups, the different subcultures and industry, government and the citizenry. And um, I have not seen that done yet. And um, the way I would approach that would be, um, you know, that the let me backpedal a little bit. The mayor can enact legislation. The mayor is not a lawmaking body, but the mayor can introduce legislation to the council and the mayor can educate the public to support certain ideas. And they the mayor can also work with the council, talk to the council, address the council. Um, so the mayor actually has a pretty important job. They don't just sit at a desk and, you know, say yes or no to certain things. Uh, so you see where I'm going with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they can really do a lot. And, and um, I'd really like to do a lot of things. I have a lot of ideas about what I'd like to do. Okay. So before we get into those ideas, uh, outside of that little history you gave us, could you give us a, a background for anybody getting to know you for the first time? My background is very, very diversified, and um, I began my life working in offices for an engineering company and insurance companies, and then I went into managing apartments. And then when I started having children, I uh, had my own businesses through the years. I had a painting and maintenance business with my husband, and then on Maui, I had a cleaning business, and I've also gone to school, UH Maui College, and I've... Um, currently doing publishing for myself and other people. I'm an author and I've written the last few years. I spent um, writing eight books and um, I publish for other people. So I have a, you know, a broad range of perspectives. I've lived on all different areas on the island. So I know a lot about the different cultures that live here. And I feel like I can um, relate to most of them in a lot of different ways. And that's why I feel like I bring a unifying presence to the office. Right. I'm not just uh -huh. been part, you know, where I've been just really isolated in one aspect of society. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's good. I think we'll get to know more about you along the way. So what would you have in mind for office? What would be your top three? Let's get right into the thick of it and, and, and pick it apart. Well, the top three are um, uh, would be uh, integrated water resource management, diversification of our economy, and food security. Right on. Uh, can we elaborate on the first one and then just slide through each of them? 
Okay, so the first one I mentioned was integrated water resource management. When I had to decide which was the most important thing to me, because I knew people were going to ask that, I had to think in really pragmatic terms. And um, our water is in peril, which is something a lot of people aren't aware of. And and I can elaborate that on that at a different time. It's kind of extensive. But without water, nobody can live here. And that feeds into everything else. It feeds into our... Um, our food security and, you know, how we handle things in the future. I, I would have to say that we need to think like an island. And I feel like we haven't been operating like we are an island with limited resources that are all working together. And integrated water resource management recognizes that the health of the ecosystem and the island hydrology are the most important things with regard to water. So all of these fights that people have and court battles and things over rights for water, they're all valid. But at the core of everything should be the health of our island hydrology. That's the most important thing. It's not about who's right. It's about what's right for the, our ecosystem. And I'd like to see the public get focused on that. And we, we'd have to um, create we'd have to put this within a department and I believe the department to put it in would be the, the department of water supply. There's a few different departments that it could go under, but department of water supply based on current descriptions would be the best place to put it. Interesting. Yeah. would love to have a deeper conversation on that in the future. Yeah. People need to know about it. I, yeah, we should probably do, somebody should do a whole show about it. <laughs> I kind of did with Lucienne Denae of, and she used to have a show called Crossroads on Akaku, mm -hmm. but um, they go through and they clean out old episodes. There was a really good talk that her and I had about it. And I actually have an article in my magazine, Sustainable Aloha, which is, you can see that on my website info. Right on. So uh, your two other subjects. Let's get to those then so that way we can fit in enough of your thoughts and I can ask you a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. Sure. So then the other one was, um, oh, diversification of our economy. Uh, obviously, the economy has been focused. Um, I'd like to get the numbers. I will get them for future um, forums and things. Um Primarily, the economic drivers in our economy for the last 150 years have been government, tourism, and sugarcane. And we're kind of stuck in a rut. And I see the trends. There's worldwide trends, and there's even tourism trends that are leaning toward more eco-friendly things, such as ecotourism. Um, volunteerism, where people come, they even do that here, where they come and they check around and they say, and I actually have a section in my magazine for that, um, where can I volunteer? Just because they want to learn about Maui, they want to learn about agriculture here. And a lot of the small farms have um, are doing some amazing farm tours, and people are starting to look for that. And it, like I said, it's a worldwide trend, and it's even happening here. And we do have 1,100 small farms and um, they've gone through a lot of growing pains, and a lot of them are really starting to yield a lot of, you know, fruits of their labor. And we have Mahi Pono planting a lot of things. I'm sad to see that a big company 
had to do that, but we need to accept the fact that they're here, they're not going anywhere, and I'd like people to try to get along with them um, because that's our future. Our future is agriculture. We need to move away from a tourist-based economy because the, anywhere on the planet where there's a tourist-based economy, um, the locals struggle to be able to survive in that economy, especially because this is an island. We don't have any other options. And the tourism causes the housing prices and various things to be out of skew. And so what we need to do is gradually, we don't want to, we don't want to sideswipe or T-bone, uh, you know, an economic driver and create all kinds of chaos. We need to come up with a plan to manage tourism and move toward a more, more diversified economy. And I believe in I believe, and a lot of people that I talk to believe that that it's it should be a more agricultural based economy because that's really our our strength and agricultural products, value added products. I I think that would be really great, especially with the, the finally getting an ag rep on the island. I mean, it'd be great to see more than one uh, percent uh, of uh, state budget going towards ag in general. So maybe from a county right. perspective, you could fight for more on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the expansion yeah, a lot more of that, support in all different kinds of ways is what we need to do. Yeah. Is there any awareness of accountability for woofing farms? For what kind of farms? The woofing farms. You know, the ones where like Midwest kids come out of nowhere because they're offered the, uh, Oh yeah. You know, the tale of come live in Hawaii and the next thing you know, you're working for uh, $5 I know, a day. I know what you mean. And I think, yeah, that's an interesting point because a lot of times when I'm thinking of solutions, I realize that throughout the past few decades, um, we have attracted people who are kind of looking for a way out of responsibility or a way out of doing their kuleana. And they just want to, you know, it's easy to live here on the bare minimum because of the good weather and everything. Um, So this is why a lot of our farming zoning, I don't know if you're aware of some of the zoning issues, that they're doing hub farming, which makes it more financially um, feasible to do a small farm in other areas. But our laws don't support that and our zoning doesn't. And part of the reason for that is because of people coming here in the 60s and 70s and trying to establish communes where they have too many people living on land. So they've made it more restrictive, like you can't have more than a certain number of dwellings and they can't have stoves in them and um, so on and so forth. Uh, so that's something that really needs to be looked at when we have some of these things you know, I always say, like, you know, I have a lot of solutions. I have a lot of ideas, and I, but I don't have all the solutions. And I feel like when I go out in the public, I meet people that have great ideas. And I feel like we need to really, with some of these problems, like the one you just brought up, we need to um, do more task force work where we get all kinds of people putting their heads together and we can check each other's blind spots and brainstorm and really come up with some solutions. You know, I know I hear what you're saying. I think that's a really important factor to, you know, to remember with, with uh, the current situation. 
I don't know if I answered the question exactly. I think you started <laughs> a bigger conversation. Concerned, but I don't know what the solution is exactly. No, but you know, it, it doesn't always have to be a direct answer, you know. And that's what's important about these talk story sessions is that, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're starting a conversation. And I'd like to think that mm-hmm. you'll be coming on many more times in the future as the election and beyond develops. So that way we can have these these little asides with the public that's and then what i'd like people yeah. to do that way they really know what's going on in your head instead you of know. being functioning so separately mm-hmm. yeah so uh mm-hmm. you're 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 number three let's cover that and i'd love to ask you some more questions after okay so the number three i think was um let me see i said the integrated water resource management i said the diversity oh yeah food security Absolutely. We import, I hear different numbers, and it could be as much as 90% of our produce. And we obviously import everything, uh, you know, a way, way too much of everything else, too. Um, so food security, um, if it's the emphasis, we're, we're on our way to a certain extent. But the one thing I would like to ask people to do is try to find a way to become friends with Mahi Pono because obviously that's where a great deal of our food security is going to come from. And I found out that by talking to the public, there's a lot of misnomers about the situation. And I would just like to mention a couple facts that people need to be aware of. And that of the acres that they are, Mahi Pono is farming, 26,000 of them are considered important ag lands by the state of Hawaii. And if anybody knows the state of Hawaii with regard to the ecosystem, they are very stubborn. And these 26,000 acres are not subject to backroom deals. They are not land banking. They can never do anything with this land except do agriculture. Uh, it's a very large amount of land. If you ever stand in the middle of any of it, you can really get an idea how big it is and how hard and how expensive that would be for a smaller entity to manage all of this. And the other thing is that they are selling, um, another misnomer is that they're just shipping it off the island or to China. They're selling a substantial amount of produce in a lot of the grocery stores, pretty much all of them now, and it's sold under the name Maui Harvest. Um, people probably looking for the name Mahi Pono and they don't realize it's being sold under Maui Harvest. And they are doing regenerative agriculture and I'd like us to form a relationship with them so that they're not so gun-shy. They've been attacked from the time they've gotten here and they no longer want to talk to anybody. Although their website has a lot of important information, but I don't blame them. But I'd really like us to take a different approach and open the channels of communication so that they can be transparent and let us know where they stand with regard to regenerative agriculture and that they're open to input from the public. And um, their plan is regenerative agriculture, um, and some people have disputed that, but I realize that taking over the sugarcane fields that were littered with um, old drip lines and all kinds of contaminants that they may have had to, just for economic reasons, um, engage in some practices that some of us naturalists would probably not agree with. And maybe they could explain that to us if we would open up the channels of communication. So... Uh, food security has a lot to do with Mahi Pono, but it has to do with us also diversifying our economy. Not just agriculture, but looking at other things that we could start to feature. 
Right on. So in, in relation to your, your three key items there, what what are things that the community can come out and do and, uh, and Kakua in order to, to help that process? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. <clears throat> I'd really like to talk about that, too. That's another thing I'd like to get people back to. It really became clear to me when all of this COVID-19 stuff hit a couple of years ago that we still had a a culture of every man for himself and people were hoarding. And I thought, wow, what about your neighbors? They don't have toilet paper. <laughs> they don't have, um, I, I have, a, I have diabetes and I need alcohol, rubbing alcohol. I wasn't able to find rubbing alcohol for like six months. Um, because people were hoarding it. And I thought, Oh, I'm really surprised. I really thought that if a crisis ever happened, we would all work together. And what I'd like people, it just has to, it's just a societal thing that we've learned through the years. And I really like us to return to the idea of Kuleana instead of expecting government to make all of our decisions for us and to take care of absolutely everything, move back. You know, the government should be involved in protecting our freedom and creating the infrastructure and perhaps education at this point in time. But society needs to really reclaim their responsibility for being the stewards of the land and the stewards of our relationships with our neighbors. I feel like we've gotten away from that. We've gotten to every person for himself and uh, we need, to, I realize in small pockets here, which is one of the reasons I love Maui, is people are very sharing and kind with their neighbors, but it became clear to me that that's not the full, you know, the full reality. And I felt like our government played a big role in that, that they did, they, the way they talked to us is they, they were really speaking fear and separatism and every man for himself and, you know, be afraid of your neighbors. And I feel like that was the wrong message. Hmm. Well, I definitely love to, to unravel more of that and, and all of your topics actually. So can I get you back on in about a month's time? Okay. That sounds good. Shoots. All right. So, uh, before you go today, could you let everybody know how to, follow your campaign, support you, or join your work? Um, my website is info, and on there you'll find my email address, and I haven't gotten my donate button on there yet, but if anybody wants to donate to my campaign, you can make a check payable to Alana K. for Mayor. That's the name of my campaign. And um, you can also send me an email on my website. And I am looking for a campaign uh, manager and uh, – a treasurer and things like that. I'm still looking for my staff. So anybody that wants to volunteer on that or learn more about me, I will jo- I will be f- happy to talk to any group, whether it be on the phone, via Zoom, in person, uh, whatever. I just really want to get my message out. And I appreciate you doing the interview. Well, I really I, do. I appreciate you coming on. So is there okay. anything else you'd like to say before you go today? Pardon me? Anything else you'd like to say before you go today? Um, I think we covered a lot. We really covered a lot in a short period of time. Sweet. But just, yeah, please, I need supporters because I'm not a person that's coming into this with a lot of money, a lot of my own money as the other candidates are. So I definitely need financial support. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, mahalo Mahalo. for coming on. You have a wonderful day and we'll talk more soon. Aloha. Aloha. (laughs) 
Rabbit Holes is a Manava Cow production. This episode was produced by Kitika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.